the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Family, but family fulfilling their roles. Men leading, husbands leading, wives submitting, children obeying. That was the building block, the very brick, the foundation of society. And when that started going awry, even in the Old Testament, you had society falling apart. And that's why society is falling apart even more and more. Join us now for Grace to the Bay as we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ through sound expository teaching by our teacher, Dr. Roger Chen. Grace to the Bay is the radio outreach of Grace Church of the Bay Area located in San Mateo. If you are blessed by Dr. Chen's message and are looking for a church home, you're invited to come worship with them. Now, here is Dr. Chen. Going deeper, there's an even more important clue in the Genesis account, and this also answers the question why. Not so much why head coverings or why this order of creation, but why was woman created at all? And that leads us to our third theological reason for subordination, the calculated creation. Look at verse 9. For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Would you turn with me back to Genesis 2 again? Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. And then we go to verse 21, which we read earlier, the account of the creation of Eve. God made a woman, Eve, for Adam. He did not make Adam for Eve, not man for woman. The facts of creation cannot be changed. This is a truth, a reality, not just of Scripture. It is a fact of nature. You can ignore this fact in your marriage. You can ignore this fact in your view of what a man should be or what a woman should be. But just as when you ignore any fact of nature, there will be great loss and harm. If you choose to ignore any fact of nature, difficulties will arise. If you ignore the fact that waves suck you into themselves, into a place where mammals cannot breathe, there will be harm. Ignoring the laws of gravity at the Grand Canyon will end in great pain and suffering. And disregarding the reality of heat from fire will cause much damage. In the same way, you are welcome to ignore the fact that in the very beginning, woman was created for man but that too will result in harm and destruction. And if you don't believe me, turn on the news tonight. Family, but family fulfilling their roles, men leading, husbands leading, wives submitting, children obeying. 
That was the building block, the very brick, the foundation of society. And when that started going awry, even in the Old Testament, you had society falling apart. And that's why society is falling apart even more and more. Because the discussion is not even about what should the husband do and what should the wife do. It is, should the husband be a male anymore? Look at the need for foster care and adoption. Look at people beating their children, leaving them alone, not wanting them, calling them a mistake. Read about the prioritizing of the views of those who reject biblical and biological realities of gender. Observe the disregard of the limitations of sexual intimacy in marriage and marriage only with your spouse. And then look at the subsequent breakdown of family and life and the rise, the rise, the incredible millions and millions rise of murdered babies. You will see very clearly a world that has rejected not only a fact of nature, but one of the very first facts of nature. A foundational fact of nature in which the rest of history was to be based upon and founded upon. She is of man, but also for man. Why? As a slave, as a tool, as an accessory? Absolutely not. But by God's wonderful design and out of necessity. There is no inferiority in any sense here. Not intellectually, not morally, not spiritually, not even functionally. Both are unique and both are to fulfill their roles. Within the marriage, his role is to lead and protect while hers is to follow that leadership and help. Flip those around or ignore them altogether and you have, well, frankly, you have the world we live in today. A world that most of you wish you didn't live in. So ingrained is this rejection of roles in society as I mentioned before, that it goes far beyond the family. It goes into the arenas of how we view other authorities, government, police, teachers, bosses. We're so far gone that it seems laughable when a pastor blames the denial of roles in the marriage. We're so far gone, we're 20 steps beyond that, that no one even sees the connection anymore. But the connection is very clear in Scripture. All this wickedness in society from the redefinition of life and marriage, the restructuring of the most basic elements of humanity, gender, all because of a refusal to see the roles of men and women. No way! You're out of your mind. Just because women didn't want to submit to their husbands? No way. But it's true. We must be careful. Personal feelings and individual bias has long-lasting and even eternal and spiritual repercussions. Let me give you a fourth and final theological reasons for subordination. We've seen the respective representations, the original order, the calculated creation. Fourthly, the angelic audience. The angelic audience. Up until now, you probably were familiar with everything I've said but the because of the angels probably threw you for a loop a little bit. Let me explain. In verse 10, it says, Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Again, the therefore signals that the result of all of this is that a woman should wear the head covering, which is a symbol of authority on her head. In other words, since she is the glory of man, since she originated from man, and since she was created for man's sake, she holds and displays a subordinate role. Paul says that in light of all of this, she ought to do it. 
She ought to do it. This signifies a moral obligation. That's very important. This is not merely a marital or social obligation. This is not just to do it to respect your husband or to honor the church. This is about God's glory. This is about respecting God's plan of creation, how He chose to create and design. And as we have seen throughout this chapter, this has to go beyond just doing it for the sake of doing it. This has to go beyond doing it merely out of respect for your husband's authority. This has to be done for God's glory, as with anything that you do as a Christian. And only when we understand this do we see how something like head coverings is still applicable today, not in practice, but in attitude. If it's just about social norms, if you're just going to do it because of social norms, then what happens when society changes? If it's just about your husband, what happens when your husband makes you angry, doesn't lead, or isn't around? If it's just about peer pressure from the church, what happens behind closed doors when nobody from church is there to see you? This is an attitude that must be ingrained in your understanding of God's sovereignty fleshed out in His eternal design for humanity. For humanity, everything was based on this. And by respecting your husband through submission and obedience, you worship God through submission and obedience. This is the same for any role. We are all in trouble, especially myself, if I preach how I preach merely because, oh, that's the culture at our church. Oh, I want to show respect for my seminary professors or simply for fear of being called out by any of you. We'd all be in trouble if that's where it ended, if that's where my motivation stopped. In a culture where I have many different methods and styles of preaching to choose from, from topical to seeker-sensitive to we all go to heaven, I choose this one because I want to be as faithful to God as possible, which you understand in turn, but only secondarily, makes me faithful to you. It's the same with your role in marriage, whether you're the husband or the wife, your role as a boss, your role as someone under a boss, your role as a child, which is all of us, to somebody. We do it for our parents. We do it for our bosses. We do it for the authority. We do it for the government. We listen to the police secondarily to not get a ticket out of respect for them to uphold the law, but primarily out of faithfulness to God. That's how fulfilling our roles in marriage works. And Paul concludes by going full circle and says that women should do this because of the angels. What does this mean and how in the world is this going full circle? Let me backtrack and tell you a little bit about the angels. First, the angels are holy and bright. And much like what probably happened at the empty tomb with the women who went to embalm Jesus' body, if an angel were to appear right now, it would not be a chubby little baby with tiny wings like on your coffee mug this morning. Like those women, that angel would be so bright, so holy, that you would think it was God 
because you've never seen God before, if the angel, which he will surely do, didn't tell you, get off your knees, don't worship me. We also know that angels observe human behavior and, ready to get some chills, most likely present whenever believers are worshiping. Don't get mystical here. Stay biblical. Jesus says in Luke 15.10 that there is joy among the angels over one sinner who repents. Back in chapter 4 and verse 9 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says that God has made a spectacle of the apostles both before men and angels. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul tells Timothy to keep the principles that Paul has just taught him and charges him, I quote, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ and of his chosen angels. Angels are here. And so women are to obey in this area for the sake of the angels who observe them. But wait, there's more. Not only are the angels watching now, they were present at creation. Job 38, 7 tells us this. They were there, in other words, when God created man and woman. So they heard and understood why God created man and then woman. They were eyewitnesses of the order of creation and the reason woman was made. They understood the outworking of God's plan for gender roles. Angels are not sovereign. They don't know. They, they, don't, they are not all-knowing as God is. And I don't know if this happened, but you can imagine as God is putting forth every animal, the angels there are saying, is this one? Pick this one, Adam. Pick this one, God, for Adam to be the helper. Pick this one. Look at the wall. Look at that one. Oh, that one. So look at that long neck. Look at those stripes. Look at those spots. And with Adam in my little fantasy, they too, when he pulled out that rib and created Eve, were like, wow. Yes, God, you are holy and good. So they were there. They understand fully God's plan. They don't have what we have in terms of marriage and genders. They, they, the Bible even indi- indicates there's a longing for them to understand this fulfillment of salvation and the working out of God's plan. They're seeing it. They're watching it. They're worshiping God as they see it, as they're among us. But there are things that they understand, such as God's Word, and especially this because they were there for our context. So the woman must be careful not to offend those who have a full understanding of God's design and are here watching us. But wait, there's more. You see, unsubmissiveness does not offend the angels only because of their understanding of creation and the order of the creation of humanity. It offends them because of their understanding of submission and the holiness of God. As bright and powerful as they are, there are no creatures in existence as submissive as the angels. They are the most submissive of God's creatures. Isaiah chapter 6, 2, in Isaiah's vision, we see that in God's presence, in their worship, They themselves cover their feet and cover their eyes in awe of the holiness, in respect of the greatness and holiness of God. To have any less reverence for God and His will is offensive to them because they get it. You can imagine they look at us and say, how can you not? You, pay attention. Why aren't you singing? 
You're in the presence of God and His people. Why are you frustrated and thinking about work? How dare you? How can you do this? Have you not seen? Do you not know? I cover my feet. I cover my eyes. And the remaining two I fly because God is holy and righteous and powerful and good. We cannot let our unsubmissiveness offend the most submissive and the most understanding of all God's creatures. The angels look down and were there when God did all of this and say, what is going on? I've been to the throne of God. I would not dare utter the words, that's not fair. How dare they? I was there. I was there when He died for their sins. Shouldn't they... Shouldn't they get it more than I do? Yes, they've never been in the presence of God, but He died for their sins. How how can they? Don't they see? Don't they understand? Don't they know? And that's why it goes back full circle. Because it goes back to creation. But the perspective of those who are there and those who are here now. But here's the thing. As powerful as that is, so was and is God. He was there too. He did it. And He is here now calling us to these roles. I'd like you to turn as we close to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I am happy to do it, but I would really like to be able to preach this passage without somehow trying to make certain women feel like This is actually good and it's okay and you can do it. Buck up, gal. If you really just looked at Scripture, there would be no need for that. Or there would be in our sin an equal need to think that way as it would for the women to be like, men, suckers, we got the good part. But we have been so influenced by society. We have been so influenced by social norms. There are people alive today in our current generation and society, who can remember, probably not from Scripture, but the cultural cultural norm was to do these things. My point is, you want to listen to society and a social norm that has become reality in your grandmother's lifetime than something that existed a day after the creation of time? It doesn't make sense. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God is good and acceptable and perfect, and we all say amen because we think about accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. We, we, we think about murder is bad. We think about stealing is wrong and faithfulness to a spouse is good. But the will of God also goes back to men's and women's roles. It is good and acceptable and perfect, and what Paul is warning us here is not be conformed. It's being squeezed into a mold. You ever put anything in a mold like jello? 
whatever the shape of that mold is, that's what the jello is going to come out as. You put it in a bundt cake pan, it comes out looking like a bundt cake. You put it in a fun little pan like we do for our boys, like shaped like little robots or little shapes, it comes out as little robots and little shapes. And Paul is saying, don't let the world and social norms squeeze you into its mold, conformed, rather be transformed. See, conformed is from the outside. Society pressure, societal pressures, outside in, squeezing you. Transformed is from the inside out. Only God can do that. This past week, my youngest son had his first day of school, ever. First time in school. He has been waiting months for this. He could not wait. So excited. Packing his bag, packing things, telling us what he's going to bring to school. So excited. You know what's coming, but it didn't come. Got to school, about to drop him off, let go of his hand, still excited, can't wait. We were actually scared that he'd pull one of those, doesn't even look back to wave at mommy and daddy. Like, come on, man. We're in tears over here. So excited, couldn't wait. Different protocol now, right? Everyone's got to take temperature, stand in line outside. Parents aren't allowed inside. And so we're milling around outside for a while as the teachers got everyone in line. And then that one kid showed up. There's always that one kid. Screaming no, kicking, falling on the floor, crawling on the floor, scratching his mom's neck, scared for his life. And for the first time in months, my son went to my wife and said, I'm scared. All it takes is one person loud enough for you to listen and you're conformed to the world. All it takes is one person to be scared and you think, maybe there's something to be scared of here. You've seen this. All it takes is one person in the workplace to gossip, and pretty much, pretty soon, you're all joining in. All it takes is one person to complain, and all of you unload. The power of other people, especially those who don't know Christ. When that boy showed up screaming out of fear, Did that boy's fear instantly change the teachers from caring and kind to monsters? No. Did it cause my wife and I who planned to be there to pick him up to suddenly decide, ah, we're never coming back. We're going to desert him. He'll never see us again. No. Did it change the reality of how excited he had been up to that point? No. But one person's opinion changed his demeanor even though the truth never changed. Don't let someone else's opinion change your demeanor even though the truth has never and will never change. Because you know what changed my son's fear back into excitement? He sucked it in, sucked it up, walked into that room, saw his friendly teacher, saw the toys, saw the happy other kids. In other words, he walked into the classroom and he saw the truth. See 
the truth. Because when society pressures you to change your views, you need to get back to the Word and see the truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth. Thank you that it is good. Thank you that your will is wonderful. Father, help us because it's so hard to to weed out what we think is normal or even right because of societal pressures, what even our respected teachers or maybe even our parents and siblings have told us, help us to understand your word and to respectfully disagree. Things change so fast, Father, and we're thankful that you never change. We're reminded even with that phrase, new normal, that there are changes that are permanent, not for the first time. 9-11, we remember, Lord, changed things for us forever. COVID will change things for us forever. But you never change, Lord, and may we stick to that reality. And the ability, Father, to do your will and to follow your word, we're thankful, Father, that also never changes. Give us strength. Give us the desire. Use us for your glory in our roles and everywhere else. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. For the next part in this series, join us next week at this same time. Grace to the Bay is the radio ministry of Grace Church of the Bay Area, practicing and proclaiming the purity of biblical truth. You are invited to join them for worship services in San Mateo, Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit gracebayarea.org for service times, directions, live streamed services, listen to archived sermons, or to make a tax-deductible donation to help keep Grace to the Bay on the air so that we can continue to share Pastor Roger's teaching with you each week. Again, that's gracebayarea.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.